Hi there and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Flip in your Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. That was Isaiah's mom just said glory. (laughs) There are people in this world that keep me alive. And I thank God for them. You know who you are. There are intercessors that pray. And I just want to thank you for that. Uh, This week I got a message from one at a very specific moment. And it was, a, it was a God thing for me. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the intercession of the saints. I thank God for those who have been through some things and are willing to pray for ministers and pray for people that they love. I thank God for people who will hold the banner of prayer and don't need, um, don't look for the world's recognition of it. They've been through the fire. They've plowed some stuff. They've sowed some stuff. They've seen some stuff. And God never calls people to do something that he's not willing to supply. So if you have ever felt the urge to intercession, let me tell you how you start. You start praying when nobody knows it. And then understand, because I'm an intercessor too, just understand nobody's going to get it. Nobody. Nobody's going to get it. And the only time you, that you're even going to get any recognition is when you meet another intercessor. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, my God, I see bags under your eyes. You must not have slept last night. You must have been praying. Just know that's how it works in the kingdom. That is one of the highest callings you can have. So everybody say this. Say, thank God, thank God for, intercessors. for intercessors. I know I certainly do. Isaiah Chapter number 43, I want to talk briefly this morning. This is a year of faith and operation and new beginnings at New Heights Church and for those associated with it. But I want to talk this morning, I want to give you three keys on how to experience the new beginnings that God's trying to release in your life and how to experience or put your faith in operation. Because if you're going to live with faith and operation and you're going to experience new beginnings, there's some stuff that's going to have to change in your life. There's some shifts that will have to take place. There's some things that will have to deviate, a shifting, a change. There will be things that will uh, uh, change and, 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 and when you make these changes, it has in, just insurmountable results in your life. But number one, if you're taking notes, matter of fact, I recommend it. Take notes on this. Number one, you're going to have to forget some stuff. Look at your neighbor right in the face and say, forget about it. Look at your other neighbor, look him right in the face and just say, you too. You got to forget some stuff. You can't be dragging everything throughout 2018 that plagued you in 2017 and before. You got to forget some stuff. The book of Isaiah says, verse 43, verse 18, chapter 43, it says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. In other words, do not remember things that have happened or slowed you down in the past and do not consider failure as an option. You are not a failure. Failure was an event. 
You pick yourself up once again, grab some rocks while you're down there. I always find it very interesting. The Bible says that David went to fight Goliath with five smooth stones. And smooth stones are only found in the bottom of a place where water is moving or there's been a bunch of water that has smoothed those stones. And and, and water only runs in the bottom of a valley or the bottom of an area. It's never at the very tip top of a mountain. So what, what that means is David actually found the weapons of his warfare in the lowest place he could be. Sometimes you've got to hold your breath because the devil has hit you so hard and you get knocked down and you feel like if I breathed in right now, I'd drown in my own sorrows. But bless the name of the living God, while I'm down here, I'm going to put some rocks in my pocket because I'm not going to get hit and not have some weapons come out of this. Your testimony comes whenever you decide that you're not going to stay defeated even if you've been defeated. Sometimes the only testimony you can say is if the devil keeps hitting me, at least his hands are going to hurt, but I'm not quitting. There's something about living for God that requires you to forget some things in the past. You've got to forget some stuff. If you've ever been divorced, that does not mean that your next marriage is going to be terrible. On the contrary, now you've got all that other stuff worked out and you can pick somebody a little bit better, praise the Lord. God is going to do something in your future that is better than anything you're asking or thinking. But you've got to forget some stuff. You've got to lay aside every weight that is holding you back. You've got to set some things aside on purpose. You've got to forget the failures of your life and pursue or press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Then it says this. It says, neither consider the things of old. So don't remember your failures. Now don't even consider them. Don't even consider them. Don't even bring them on your radar. No, you keep yourself focused on what God is about to do. Verse 19, and he says this. He said, behold, I will do. Somebody say, will do. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some of you, if, if you've ever been in the wilderness before, just raise one hand to me. Spiritually speaking, man, I've been there, praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you're in the wilderness, you are perfectly positioned to God, for God to make a spectacle out of you. You don't have to understand everything for God to show himself strong. You may find yourself in the wilderness, you may find yourself in a desert, but the dam is about to break on top of the mountain and all of a sudden every good and perfect gift is beginning to flow down. When you're in the desert, when you're in the wilderness, you are perfectly positioned for the God that will spring forth to do a new thing in your life. Every time anything good ever happened to you, it sprung forth. You were walking by, and all of a sudden, you saw a girl. You said, my God, that's my wife right there. I'm going to marry her. You were going, all of a sudden, you thought, man, I tell you what, I think I'd like to do a business. Boom, and it sprung up on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, something began to just spring up. Now, you still got to work it out. You still got to put your hand to the plow because the Bible says he will bless the work of your hand. doesn't say he'll bless the idea of your hand. Somebody say Amen. But it'll spring up. It'll just come out. And that's how God does it. No, no. I I know because I'm in the same boat. Wouldn't you like it if God would tell you all the blessings are going to show up and the date and the time they're going to be there and the address so that you can just show up and be there? 
Wouldn't that be easier? May 17th, 2 o'clock, be at university in Texas and God's going to have a huge blessing for you. It's going to be amazing. Don't forget about it. Just, just let me just tell you, that's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is you're going to take a step of faith. You're going to begin to believe God for something you can't see, for something you don't know. And before you know it, something's going to spring forth on the inside of you. But listen, God can't do a new thing if you're still talking about the old thing. God can't do the new thing if you're still talking about the old thing. So number one, very clear, you got to forget some stuff. You got to get some systematic spiritual amnesia that washes out the failures of your past. God is not counting them, nor is he holding them against you. Please stop holding them against yourself. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house this morning. Number one, you have to forget some stuff. Number two, I wrote down several things. This is exactly how I was going to word this point. But the way I landed on it and finally decided to hold it is, number two, you have to ignore the haters. They're not going to do anything in life anyway. Winners focus on winning and losers focus on Winners. If they're spending all their time focusing on you and trying to convince you of what you can't do, that means their life's probably pretty pitiful. I'm not happy about it. I'm not celebrating their pitiful life. And we believe God that God can turn it around. But you've got to ignore the haters in your life because they're not going to go away. And in my experience, the more success you see, the more haters you get. But you got to be ready for the blessing. You got to be ready to go up. What I mean ready to go up is simple. The higher a monkey climbs a pole, the more of his behind you see. That's got to be in the Bible somewhere. You got to be ready. The higher you get, let me say it differently, the more success you experience, the more exposed you become. You've just got to be comfortable with the exposure. You've just got to be comfortable on the water. Let everybody else stay in the boat. We're getting out. Let everybody else decide they're not going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus come what may. Don't you remember blind Bartimaeus? He was standing there. He couldn't see anything. He was blind. He heard Jesus was coming. And he began to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And all the haters said, Bart, be quiet. Hush, don't bother him. You're blind. He, you know, you just need to shut your mouth. And he just got louder. He said, he said, you guys can't do anything for me, but he might. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You have to ignore the haters because your encounter with God is worth whatever it takes for you to get to God. One encounter with the Holy Spirit of God can change every fiber of who you are. Can change your focus, can change your your bearing, can change your children, your grandchildren, can change your marriage, can change your husband, yes, even him. One encounter with the Holy Spirit of God can shift everything in your life. But you gotta ignore the haters. You can't be listening to what everybody says about you. You've got to drown it out and you've got to tune into the right frequency. You'll never get an FM station on an AM dial. 
You've got to tune to the right network. Who am I listening to? What am I listening to? What is being put inside my spirit? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The problem is doubt and unbelief comes the exact same way. It comes by hearing things that are contrary to the word of God. So the question is, what is being deposited in the inner side of who you are? Are you being built up in your most holy faith? Or are you having deposits of doubt and unbelief because the haters are constantly talking? And I'm not telling you don't be friends with them. I'm not telling you don't be around them. I'm just telling you, don't you give your pearls of great prize. Don't you give your secrets to somebody who's going to stomp on them that doesn't understand because there is a language in the kingdom of God and it is a language that says, my God is for me. He is not against me. He is more than able to do what he said he would do. You got to forget what they're saying. You got to ignore the haters. Don't you remember uh, Elisha? The Bible says Elisha was this guy and he was a great prophet in the Old Testament. And he did twice as many uh, 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 miracles as a man named Elijah who was his mentor. And the Bible says he did a bunch of just little menial tasks, menial tasks for Elijah and everybody would make fun of him. He would wash Elijah's hands. He would make sure he had food. He would do all those other things. And the Bible says that one day, Elijah was walking by and some of the young prophets were sitting there and they began to shout and rail at him. They said, oh, uh, Elijah, where is Elijah? He said, and they started calling him bald. Don't get nervous. Started calling him bald. They said, hey, baldy. Hey, hey, baldy. But the original text, it doesn't necessarily indicate just uh, that he didn't have hair on his head. What it was actually saying is, hey, oh, uncovered one. Effectively, where, where is the one that you placed yourself under now? Where is Elijah now? And the Bible says, Elisha didn't turn around and scream at him. The Bible says he just took it to God. In other words, he ignored the haters. And when he took it to God, two bears came out of the woods and ate the guys who were talking about him. Come on, let's just believe God right now for some bears to eat our haters. They might have to come from the Houston Zoo. They might have to get an Uber or a taxi just all the way to the Brazos Valley. And, and you know, Lord, we don't want them to eat them, but just scare them real good. Just roar! You got to ignore your haters. Come on, somebody say, ignore your haters. If you got haters, that means you're doing something. Crystal and I, anytime things get tough, anytime things start getting, you know, intense, we always, we always do the same thing. We say, okay, is this the will of God or, or is God trying to direct us in a different direction? Because if it's the will of God, Katie bar the door, we're not backing up. But if we need to make an adjustment, praise the Lord, we'll make an adjustment. Usually it's her that needs to make an adjustment, I'll just be honest. <laughs> but the will of God will put you in the wilderness. And maybe that's where Christians get surprised. The will of God will put you in the desert. Jesus got baptized, his daddy shouts from heaven, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. And then the spirit of God leads him into the wilderness only to be met by the devil himself you have to ignore the haters in your life number one you've got to forget some stuff number two you've got to ignore your haters and number three this is I believe possibly it's possibly one of the greatest strongest keys to living a fulfilled life in God, a life 
that takes you literally from glory to glory. It's one where I, I'm, I'm, I wish it was more wide. I wish it had been more widespread when I was young because I didn't know it or I didn't understand it. See, you can know something and not have a revelation of something. That's Christian speak. For those of you who are new to the body of Christ or new to church, what I mean is you can know something and it not be revealed to you. It can, it can have layers that are, that, are, that are hidden in the depths of it. So you can, know, you can know a thing but not really know a thing. Does that make sense? And so in the body of Christ, if you're going to keep moving forward, you've got to lay some stuff aside. You've got to forget some stuff. You've got to ignore anything that anybody's saying to you that's contrary to the word of the living God. You have to ignore it. It's not the will of God for your life if it doesn't line up for the Bible. But, but number three, you've you got to come to a place where you recognize who your greatest asset really is. You've got to recognize who... Who is your greatest confidant? Who is the one that can help you when nobody else can help you? Now, now, of course, the knee jerk is my relationship with the Lord. 100% your relationship with the Lord. But there has to come to a place where you have to understand the power of life and death is in the tongue. And when you begin to speak life, you can speak life to yourself. You can speak life to yourself. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 30, there had been just great tragedy and all kind of things that were happening. They were coming against David and David had some guys that followed him and many people had been killed. and It was just a terrible, terrible time. But the Bible says right here in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, David was greatly distressed because of everything that had happened. And the people talked about killing him, stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Everybody was just perplexed. It was a total tragedy. But the Bible says, David, listen to this, encouraged himself in the Lord. Number three, if you're going to experience the new beginnings in your life, if you're going to put your faith in operation, you have got to encourage yourself. Come on, say that. Encourage yourself. You've got to encourage yourself every morning of the world before your feet hit the carpet or the tile floor. You've got to say, I am awake again. I'm going to accomplish what God has called me to accomplish since I am breathing earth's atmosphere. I know my time is not up here. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. He has given me Luke 52, favor between God and favor with God and man. He is equipping me and I know he has orchestrated a great deal for me and I am going to fulfill Fill the call of God on my very life. And before you get out of bed, you find your faith being stirred and stimulated and nobody had to say it to you because you said it to yourself. This is the greatest key available to Christians is when you find out you have the power to encourage yourself. The word of God is the power, whether it comes out of your mouth or my mouth. Now, in your family, in your home, you have more authority than I ever will. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. Uh, My job is to build, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You're supposed to come in here and have have your faith stimulated. You're supposed to have the word of God preached into your ears. You're supposed to be edified and exhorted. You're supposed to walk out of here believing God that he can do exceeding abundantly above more than you can ask or think. But at the end of the day, the word of God coming out of your mouth is more powerful than than it is coming out of my mouth in your own life. You get to the place where you begin to encourage yourself. You walk up to the mirror and you say, who is that good looking preacher? (laughs) You walk up to the mirror, you're brushing your teeth. You say, man, it's going to be an amazing day. Now look, 
the kids have already woken you up 32 times all night, okay? We're still in the real world. But you've got to say what God says or the voices of your haters will drown out the word. You've got to be so consistent in magnifying God, in believing God, in pursuing the things of God, that what comes out of your mouth is that God is going to do exactly what he said. Because here's the problem. In many, many, many marriages, Christian marriages struggle because of this right here. Somebody is put under an undue stress trying to resolve or satisfy the things that only you know about. So you look at your spouse as your, as your source of encouragement, and they should be. Every good spouse should encourage their, their spouse. But you look at your spouse as the source of your encouragement when God says you can encourage yourself. As smart as they are, and I got the smartest wife on the planet, she can't always read my mind. Most of the time, because my mind is like milk cookies, milk cookies, milk cookies, milk cookies. Super simple. Milk cookies, cheeseburger, milk cookies, cheeseburger. But if you look at your spouse as the source of your encouragement, they will let you down but they didn't do anything that should have let you down. You've got to come to the place where you encourage yourself. How do you do it? I'll tell you how you do it. You tell your story even to yourself. When Crystal and I are going through some stuff and we have challenges, and we have challenges a lot, not with one another, but together against something or trying to accomplish something, we have challenges constantly because we believe that if you're not challenged, you're probably not growing. So we pursue with an attempt to overtake and recover everything the devil has stolen from us. That means this church building that you're sitting in that obviously we don't fit in and this is the second service on a rainy Sunday morning. We have another service coming. You just better know it. There's another building coming. Come on, give God a hand of praise. We thank you for our next building, God. We thank you that this building will fit inside of that building, praise the Lord. I thank you for great children's facilities. I thank you for great local. I thank you for more land. We got a little over five acres. We're, we're, we're filling it up constantly. Praise the Lord. I thank you for concrete parking lots that drain well. Praise God. What if we just built a parking garage? University can do it. It's just money. God uses money for concrete in heaven. But you encourage yourself. What if old David, think about it, you begin to tell your own story. You begin to remind yourself what God's done in your life. If you don't have anything to be thankful for, take you one good deep breath. Instantly, you can thank God that he's put breath in your lungs, a beat in your heart. You begin to remind yourself what he's done before because if he's ever done it once, he'll do it again. The Bible, like it's a real thick book, but it's filled with the same stories over and over and over. Did you know the Israelites were only delivered from Egypt one time? But it's written about several times in the Bible. 
Because when you remember what God has done in your past, now you have faith for what he'll do in your future. Think about old David, king of Israel. The days whenever he was just struggling. Oh man, they war against me from every side. Sound familiar? Sounds like your life and my life. I wouldn't know what to do if I, if I didn't have haters on all sides just yelling at me. Rawr. You're not the exception because you have challenges. That's the lie of the devil. You will have challenges. The difference is God is going to make you an overcomer in the middle of those challenges. But we've got to encourage ourselves in the cave. We, got to, we have to encourage ourselves when there's no reason in the natural to do so. Think about old David. He was anointed to be king of Israel and he wasn't even invited to the anointing service. The Bible says that, that Jesse, his daddy, took all of his sons and lined them up before the prophet. And the prophet got there and, and he, he had, a, he had a, a, a vial of a horn of oil. And he was going to pour it on, on the next king of Israel. And he got to the first son and he went to pour and it wouldn't come out. And he goes to pour the next one it wouldn't come out. He goes to pour the next one it wouldn't come out. Till finally it goes through the whole list of the boys that are there, the men that are there, and nothing, the oil won't flow. And he goes, don't you have some more sons? Don't you have anybody else? And Jesse said, well, there's, there's one more. And he goes and he takes them, and, and I could hear it, I could hear it like this. David's sitting there and he's tending the sheep in his daddy's field. He's being found faithful with another man's vision. He's, he's taking care of his daddy's sheep. And when you're walking up, you can hear, bing! Bing, bing, and David's sitting there, and and I think he's just got that slingshot out, and he he's he's got ten cans set up on a stump, and he's sitting there swinging. He goes, "They didn't even invite me to my own service." Bing, don't they know I killed a lion? Bing, don't they know I killed a bear? Bing. Samuel's walking up. Goes, you hear that? Yeah, I hear that. What's going on? And David's sitting there, and he's sweaty. And the Bible says he looks ruddy. Looks like he's a man that works. He's he's probably redheaded, according to the scripture. And he says, he says, what's he doing? He says, he's he's out here tending my sheep, tending your sheep. Well, what if a bear comes? He's already killed a bear. What if a lion comes? Killed one of those too. Grabbed him by the beard, choked him out. The Bible says he gets over to him. He says, "Come here, David." He begins to tilt that horn and the oil flows like warm honey. And it pours over his head. And David says, what is this? He says, you're the next king of Israel. And David said, I'm just a shepherd. He said, God is elevating you. Here's the thing. Your oil won't flow for somebody else. So quit worrying about somebody stealing your future. What is for you is for you, praise the Lord. You don't have to go step in front of somebody. You don't have to go try to snatch it out of their hand. The devil is a liar. You don't have to step on somebody's neck to get ahead. It's not true. If you'll humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, the Bible says God himself, the author and the finisher of your faith, he will elevate you in the right season. 
poured that oil on him. The next thing we read about old David is he's a pizza delivery driver. He's bringing bread and cheese to his brothers. His brothers say, oh, thanks, Dave, for bringing the food. And all of a sudden, Dave hears Goliath out there screaming. He goes, are we just going to ignore the fact that Goliath is screaming at us? Railing against our God? David looks and he says, I'll fight him. They said, you can't fight him. You're too young. And David said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to forget all the times that I was looked over. And I'm going to ignore all the things that you guys keep saying about me. Because I remember when you guys were standing in line trying to steal my blessing, I was choking a lion out for trying to kill my daddy's sheep. When you guys were standing in line trying to steal my blessing, I was chasing bears away from the sheep. When you guys were standing in line trying to steal my blessing, I was practicing with my slingshot. When you guys were standing in line trying to steal my blessing, I had my breath held. I was down at the bottom of a creek grabbing these five smooth stones. And I know that while I was there, I didn't understand it, but I understand it clearly now. God has prepared me and positioned me for this moment. When that giant opened his mouth, he signed his death warrant because the giant killer is here and you might not know it and you might not know it but I'm going to encourage myself in the way because I know the God who has made and created me is able to do exceeding abundantly above more than I can ask or think I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper you may not understand it but I'm going to encourage myself I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to encourage myself. Last point. I didn't say this at the first service. Expect resistance. Stop being shocked when the devil doesn't lay down and let you do it. You remember he finally got the nerve. The king finally told him he could do it. And he goes walking out and he's got his slingshot and he's ready to go and and fight Goliath. And Goliath starts screaming, you're just a boy. Matter of fact, you're nothing but a little dog, David. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you, boy. And I'm going to feed you to the birds. It was David's last test. Before the stone flew. He didn't go quietly into his battle. You don't rush the walls of Jericho with your mouth closed. The Bible says he looked right back at that giant. And he says, you may think that you're going to kill me. But Goliath, I don't come to you with shield and sword. I come to you. In the name of the Lord God of Israel and before the sun sets on this day, it will be me standing over your bones and the birds will feast on your flesh because it is not my power that comes against you, but the power of Almighty God. Please stand to your feet. Listen, you got to forget some stuff. 
There's some stuff in your past. You even did some stuff you're not proud of. You got to forget it. You have to ignore your haters. Don't, don't be ugly to them. Don't, don't, don't be hateful or spiteful to them. But you got to ignore it. All they see is what you are. Not what God's going to do with you. They can't see it. Number three, you have to encourage yourself. One of the greatest opportunities in the body of Christ. If not the greatest key. Encouraging yourself. Reminding yourself who God says you are. Almost every morning of my life, I recite Psalm 23. Because if I happen to go through the valley of the shadow of death that day, I need to remember I'm not going to be scared because God's with me. And if God's with me, what do I have to be scared of? If God be for me, who can stand against me? I like to say it like this when I'm praying. This is just me encouraging myself, so I'll let you guys in my prayer closet for a minute. I'm the wrongest Christian on the planet to mess with. Because you can beat me in a bloody spot on the ground, but I'll be a bloody spot on the ground saying, God's about to deliver me. (laughs) There's something about staying steadfast. You've got to encourage yourself, but then you've got to stay steadfast. Sometimes you've got to endure some stuff, but God is able. We're going to pray. We're going to take a moment and pray. If you're here today and that's you, you say, Preacher, I need a fresh start. I need a new start. I need a reboot. I need to encourage myself today. I need need something to rekindle in my life. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up here in just a minute. And this moment is not just for church members. This is for anybody in the building. If you're here and you you say, man, I need a fresh start. Maybe there's been a, a, a symptom or a disease spoken over you and you want somebody to believe God for your healing. We will believe God that he will heal your body today. Come on, somebody say amen. Today. We're going to believe God that... that that if you need a job, you'll have a job this week. We're going to believe God if you're believing for a promotion, even if you don't qualify for it, that, you'll, you'll, that the oil will just flow in your life. We're going to believe God that as, as situations and circumstances change in your life, that you'll be perfectly positioned and prepared for them because you're going to forget about all the problems, you're going to ignore the haters, and you're going to learn to encourage yourself. And sometimes it just means taking a step of faith. Today, that step for you might just be stepping out of your chair and letting somebody hold hands with you and pray. And let me tell you what they're going to do. They're not going to yell at you. They're not going to put their hands all over you. They're just going to hold your hand and they're going to pray what God says in his Bible. That he will bless you in your coming in. We're going to agree that the symptoms and the sicknesses are going to go. We're going to agree that God's going to bless your family. We're going to agree that the prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. We're going to agree that your marriage is going to begin to strengthen. Maybe that's you and it's your marriage today. Maybe you're both here. Come out of your chair together. Hold hands. Walk up here and just say, hey, listen, this is a place nobody's here to guess or to judge those things. This is a hospital. This is a place of healing. This is a place where we say, we're, all we are, listen, I'm telling you what all we are, according to the book of Exodus, we're just a, a bunch of unclean asses saved by the blood of the Lamb. That's King James Version. I'm not cussing. Praise the Lord. 
We're saved. By, we're just unclean and we just, we just know it. We just say, we just need you, Lord. We don't have the answer, but you do. So we bring it to him. If you don't need prayer, we're going to worship. I, I encourage you for the next couple minutes. Service will be over in just a few minutes. I encourage you to worship with us. Let God touch you today. Don't leave here the same. He's, he is a good God that longs so much to have influence in your life. Please bow your head and close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, as we bring our prayers to you, I'm asking that you would heal the sick today, that you would touch hurting hearts. I'm asking that you would give us great ideas and inventions. Help us with increase. Help us to be a blessing to others. Help us to see what you can see. And Lord, for those who are taking that step of faith to forget some stuff in the past, to ignore what people are saying about them, to begin to encourage themselves, I'm asking you to strengthen them while they're doing it. You always meet us, Lord. Your Bible says if we pursue you, you pursue us. So today as we pray, Lord, I'm asking that this wouldn't just be a time of prayer, but it would be a time of victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a big hand of praise. You need prayer for anything, come out of your chair right now. Meet one of these people of faith right here at the front on either side. An usher will direct you if the place is full. But if you don't need prayer, come on, let's worship together. Let's magnify God for the last couple minutes of service. And let's see Him move in our life. church lift your hands let's sing it out
Come on, lift your hands. He'll touch you if you let him. Thank you, Lord. Desperately, we need to see you. We love you. We love you. Oh, Jesus, fill this room. Every heart is crying. two questions before we leave if you'd be so kind if you're not at the front to bow your heads if you're here and you're not right with God you're not living right you're not doing right Jesus is not Lord of your life when I count to three I want you to lift your hand if you'd like to ask Jesus to be your savior today maybe you'd say it differently you'd say preacher I used to walk strong with God but I'm backslidden he's still he's still there but I haven't been that good of a friend to him if that's you when I count to three I want you to lift your hand with an uplifted hand, you're just saying, oh, God, remember me. He really, really will. One, two, three. Lift your hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? We're about to pray. Don't leave here wondering where you stand with God. He'll wrap you in His loving arms, forgive you of all of your sins, make you a new creature, and you can start fresh today in relationship with Him. One, two, three. Lift your hand, tall and bold. I see that hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this after me. Say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. For real, I want to be yours. I want you to be mine. I repent of my sins. I believe on you, Jesus. I believe you're alive. I believe you defeated death. And you're my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a mighty hand. You prayed that prayer. You're as clean as you have ever been in your life. God is not looking at your faults or your failures. He is looking at the blood of His Son that sets you free. Your new permanent address is up in heaven's gates. You will live with Jesus forever and ever. Now, if you're here today and you say, Preacher, I know God, I love God, but I feel like this is my church. You say, I've never joined it, but I feel like this is my church. Let me tell you what we're about. We're about loving people and pointing them to Christ. If you can get behind that vision, we need you. Because there are people that you know we don't know. And we're trying to reach them. We have a very clear focus. We want to see this region change by the power of God. So if that's you and you say, man, I feel something like this might be my home. Let me tell you, the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And we want you to flourish. If that's you, take that card out of the chair in front of you. Even if you filled it out a hundred times, fill it out one more time. Mark on there, you'd like to be a member. Drop it by the tent before you leave and we'll get you all the information associated with being a member of this great church. Give God one more big hand of praise.
Don't forget, if you'd like more information about College Station Christian School, Principal Mead will be at the tent. He's there to discuss enrollment as well as setting appointments. Or if you're a teacher and you'd like to talk about applying, he's there as well. But let me pray a blessing on you. Father, bless us coming in, bless us going out in the city and the field this day and every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.